morning and welcome to SML Inside the Pages, presented by Cornerstone Apostolic Church, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, that is Pomona, California. This is Pastor Carl Henderson. Today is January 9th, 2022. Our Sunday morning worship begins at 9 a.m., Tuesday Bible study, 7 p.m., and on Thursdays. You know, you need to tune in on Thursdays and see what the Lord is saying, but we're talking about acts of the Holy Ghost, what the Lord has been doing. He's been doing it since the beginning of time. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we are faithful. We are bold. We are the church. I believe the best way to face opposition, we believe, I hope you believe as well, is to, in obedience to the word of God. The Bible says, and uh, those that believed continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. They were on one accord, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. At this time, we're gonna go before the Lord in a word of prayer. Afterwards, we'll have our opening scripture. And then we'll go and see what God has to say. But Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you, Lord God, for your goodness, your grace. We honor you, Lord God, for your blessing us today to rise up, Lord God, with a reasonable portion of health, the activity of our limbs, Lord, we honor you, Lord God, for what you have done. We honor you for that which you're going to do. Lord God, we pray and ask that you remember those, Lord God, that are sick in their body, that cannot be in service, but their desire is to be in your house. Lord God, we pray and ask, Lord Jesus, that you would help us, Lord, to lift you up, to exalt you above everything. Lord God, we pray and ask that you would help those, Lord God, that are in the valley of decision, that you would draw them out. Lord God, that you would establish them, Lord. Lord Jesus, they're coming out and they're going in. Lord Jesus, be a guide, Lord God, for everyone, Lord God, that is seeking you. Lord Jesus, we know that you will, for you said if we acknowledge you in all our ways, you will direct our path. Father, we pray and ask, Lord God, that you would help us, Lord Jesus, to do your will. Help, Lord God, that your will is done here on earth as it is in heaven. Lord Jesus, we pray and ask that you remember, Lord God, those that are in situations, Lord God, and whether it's financial, Lord, or relationship, family related, Lord God, we ask that you would bless, Lord, with your wisdom. We ask that you would bless with your knowledge and understanding in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord God, we'll be careful to give your name the praise and to give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning or afternoon. Today's opening scripture will be the 23rd division of the Psalms. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me 
in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of the entire 23rd division of the Psalms. Have a blessed day, everybody. Certainly, we thank and praise God for uh, those that are joining in, those that are under the sound of my voice. And certainly, uh, our prayer is that whether it is night or day, maybe you're in the middle of your afternoon, you know, you know there are time differences as far as uh, our listening audience. But we thank God for whatever time it is that you're tuning in. And thank God for those that have pressed their way into the sanctuary you know, and, and certainly we want to honor the Lord for his goodness and his grace. You know, uh, this is the day that the Lord has made and we can rejoice and be glad in it. We can magnify the Lord and lift him up, exalt him, mighty God, and just bless his holy name. You know, and that's, that's what we're going to do. We're going to lift him up. The Bible tells us that if he be lifted up, that he'll do something. And so it's important to lift him up on your job. It's important to lift him up in your, in your, uh, your home, in your car, you know, wherever you are, it's important to lift him up, to exalt him, uh, to bless his holy name. You know, some, so many uh, are turning their hearts away from the Lord for things, for temporary substance. You know, and knowing, and no one can deny that, that we are eternal beings. And so therefore we ought to seek those things that are eternal as well, and not just the things that are temporary, because everything that's temporary has a problem. You buy a car, it could be brand new, it has issues, and it depreciates immediately as soon as you drive off the lot with it. It's lost its value. If you take it back right after you sat in it, started it up, drove onto the street and drove it right back, right back into the driveway, they're going to tell you that it's not worth what you paid for. So as you go out to buy and do things, think about what you're doing. Think about if you really need it, if you really want it. I mean, if you got deep pockets and can do it and God bless you, you know, but even those with deep pockets, I, I have learned that they are very selective about what they do and how they do it. And that's why they have deep pockets. And so, you know, let's let's magnify the Lord. As the writer said, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. And that's what we're going to do this morning. And then we're going to go into the word of God. I solicit your prayers and to pray for not just me, but pray for your neighbors. Pray for those that you're associated with, those that you're in communication with, in the mighty name of Jesus. I know y'all gonna help me out with this. My hope is built in nothing less 
we're looking for the return of our Lord and Savior. Whether he comes back collectively and gathers as a corporate or, or maybe he might just call your name. Maybe your work is done. Certainly the time that has been given to each of us to accomplish whatever task that he has asked of us. He's given us adequate time. Yes. And so it's something that for us all to think about because, the, you know, as we watch the news and it's not to bring anyone down, it's just the reality that life is a temporary assignment. And with this assignment, will you complete what God has for you? We're in the book of Revelation this morning and we're going into the 11th chapter Beginning at the first verse, I believe that's where we are at the first verse. Mighty God. Grab your Bibles or if you don't have your Bible, grab, you know, your your phone, or whatever device that you're using. To uh, follow the word of God. It's important that you read the word of God when you're not in service read your Bible when you're not in service listen to the word of God I said listen to the word I didn't say listen to a sermon and the sermons is okay but you need to make sure that you get the word in you so that whatever is being ministered by the individual you can validate it by the word of God and so the Bible tell us in the 11th chapter, beginning at the first verse, it says, and there was a reed given me a reed like unto a rod. And the angel stood saying, rise and measure the temple of God. Measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. You know, it reminds me of a familiar passage of scripture that says judgment begins in my house. Judgment begins in the house of God. So for those that have heard it said and those that uh, have made the statement, don't judge me. Certainly, I'm not in a position to judge you. I'm not trying to judge you. The word of God has judged us all. And either you are in or you're out. Either you are in the house of God, you're in the, when I say house of God, I'm referring to in, within his will and within his body, the body of Christ. Uh, and you get into the body of Christ through water baptism. The Bible tells us that as many of you that were baptized put him on. And so, and those that have received the Holy Ghost, he put you on. And so, uh, uh, and the altar, measure the temple of God, measure the altar, and them that uh, worship therein. So God has an account, or there is an accountability of those that are present and worshiping the Lord. Now, there are those that say, I worship God in my own way. But if your own way does not line up with the word of God, then you are not presenting a sacrifice 
that is acceptable to him. Uh, anyone that is in a relationship want to do what is necessary to please the one that they're with. And so certainly we should want to please the Lord. We should want to do what is necessary that he will be able to say, well done, good and faithful servant. The second verse says, but the court which is without the temple, leave out. So there's something that that's outside the temple that he is uh, in a vision. John is being a uh, see that um, that it, he's been instructed. Do not measure that part. Measure it not. For it is given unto the Gentiles. And the holy city shall be tread underfoot 40 and two months. So about three and a half years, there's going to be some problems. Three and a half years, there's going to be some problems uh, by a group of people that don't believe the word of God. Belief is something that is we take action upon. Not something that we just do. Now, you can believe and not do anything. Uh, the Bible said the devil believes in God and he trembles. He's fearful because he knows that God is sovereign. However, in our humanity, we believe in God, but everyone don't tremble. We believe in God. Everyone is um, still saying, well, I'm of my own opinion. I'll do what I want to do when I want to do it. How I want to do it. What I want is what I want when I want it and how I want it. But listen. But God said that leave that part out. Don't include this in the measurement. And the holy silly shall uh, uh, be tread underfoot three and a half years, 42 months. And I will give power unto my two witnesses and they shall prophesy a, a thousand two hundred and three score days, twelve hundred and sixty days clothed in sackcloth. Sackcloth is something that you wear when you're in humility, something that you put on when you're mourning. You know, you notice that when you feel sad, uh, even you don't all you don't jump up and dress up. Um, putting on, you know, your goodies. You you put on some things that uh, to feel comfortable, you know, to fit the mold that you're in. And in this time frame in which John is seeing uh, where these measurements are being done and these measurements are being excluded is a sad moment. One, the dispensation of grace has come to a come to an end. The dispensation of grace came to an end and it ended in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. It ended at the trump of God when the dead in Christ rose and then those which are alive were caught up. The dispensation of grace came to an end. My question for you in this day is will your plan fit God's plan? Some have made plans and they didn't wait until 2022. They didn't wait until crossing over. Uh, you know, they made plans 
prior to the end of the year. I, I know this because I've heard uh, some plans that was made. Uh, and those plans did not include God. They didn't line up with the word of God. Does your plan line up with the word of God? Now, it's a good time for you to ask yourself, will my plan fit God's plan? Give you a moment. A plan is something we create with the purpose of achieving something. That some, uh, they, they plan to take um, selfies and put it on the social media. Some are planning to take selfies and put it on dating apps. They got an app itch that they want to scratch. And God can't help them with that. At least that's what they have said. Some have a plan to change jobs. Nothing wrong with that, you know. But in all that we plan to do, uh, can we, uh, does our plan fit into God's plan? A plan is something that is intentional. It's a decision. The decision are, are made uh, what one is going to do. And hopefully when you make a decision, there is a positive goal in mind. Now, again, what we count as a positive goal, does it line up with the word of God? Does the end result include him? It is something, a plan is something you want to obtain. Therefore, you create a plan of action to make it happen. Do you have a plan of action to make it happen? You know, I, I, someone made a statement and, and it said that, uh, that you should have a plan. You should have a plan. You should have a plan. Planning, uh, it's something that if you if you don't have a plan, then you're really planning to fail and didn't realize it. But a plan is something that you sit down and you document, you write it out, you toss it around, you kick about it, kick it, think about it, and you kick it around and everything and make sure it, that it's able to fit. Because sometimes we'll make a plan and the plan, um, let's say it's a saving plan. And we sit down and we say, I'm going to save a certain amount of money throughout the year, but we did not take into an account our expenses. Now, we know what our expenses are because we just went through the past six months paying those expenses out. Utilities, you know, gas and groceries and different things, you know. And so did we take that into consideration what we could scale back, save a little more, streamline some things? Uh, you know, did we take all that into consideration and did, is it a viable plan of action to bring about a the good results that we're looking for? So there's something that we want to obtain. Therefore, we create the plan of action to make it happen. Some plans are sloppy, as I just described a little bit of poorly designed. And there are others that are good executed with precision, have a predictable outcome because it's because it's being followed thoroughly. Others are predictable. I don't mean that it's good. You know, you got to be careful because you can look at a plan and see if that plan of action 
is going to uh, come about the way that you desire or will it fall short? Now, I like planning and uh, as someone said, uh, go big or go home. I like planning something big. So, uh, you know, the way I was uh, taught by uh, others that mentored and said that you plan big. So that if you if you happen to fall short, let me use this as an illustration, you want to save up $500,000. And so you set that as your goal. But if you come up short, don't feel like you have not arrived because you obtain more than what you actually had in the process. And so go big. Plan B. There's nothing wrong with having big plans. And, and so, uh, you know, it's going to be worth more your while. And anything that is worth sacrificing for, anything that is worth striving for, has a greater reward. But the question is, does your plan fit into God's plan? If you take your plan and, and, and lay it on top of God's plan, does it line up with his word? Or does the plan of your outline go outside of his lines? Does it, does it overrun his blueprints? Are your plans or are your plans enhanced by the word of God? Now, I, I, uh, plans, you want your plans to be enhanced by his word. Uh-huh. You want your, your plans to be enhanced by his plans and and so that's what you desire. That's what you want. So then you have to make sure your plan is in line with his. Now, stencil in. And when you make plans, you stencil in all these little notes and different things. Have you ever looked at blueprints there? You know, little uh, little design markings and different things that, that identify certain things. You know, and then there are notes. So stenciled in God's plan are these words, for I know the thoughts that I have toward, uh, to think toward you. Said the Lord, the thought of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. I know my thoughts that I have toward you, but God has those thoughts. What about your thoughts? Are your thoughts toward him? Or is your thoughts fixated on something else. We all want peace. We all don't we all want to avoid what is evil, what is not good, and we want an expected end. But does our thoughts lean toward God? Do our thoughts of peace line up because the Bible said if you keep your I'll keep you in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on me. So that is an effort. You have to put forth the effort in keeping your mind in the right place. The Bible said, resist the devil and he shall flee. So you have to resist evil. Uh, when things come your way, when an evil thought hits your mind, don't act out upon it, but uh, dismiss it, get rid of it. Don't act out on those things that you know would be contrary to the word of God. I am preaching right now. The Bible said resist the devil while calling upon the name of Jesus. And you'll have an expected end. 
John said, and there was given me a reed like unto a rod. And the angel stood saying, rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. But the court which is without the temple leave out and measure it not. For it is given unto the Gentiles. The holy city shall be trod, tread underfoot 40 and two months. Now measuring or a measuring reed is used for judging. Uh, it's to judge against a standard. And so in our plans, we need to judge the plans and the plans need to be judged correctly if they meet up with the standard of God. We're using measured instruments to measure things, a fixed portion or length or the weight of something to consider uh, to be considered a standard or compared to something. Don't compare yourself to the Joneses. Don't compare yourself to the Smiths. Don't compare yourself to the Hendersons, but compare yourself to God. The Bible says that uh, that he laid captivity captive. And he gave gifts unto men, some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, uh, teachers, uh, pastors, for the perfecting of the saints, for the edifying until we all come into the measure of the statue of the man, Christ Jesus. That's the only measured instrument that there is. That's the only standard that should be measured against, not your neighbor, not the person that you work with, but you need to measure yourself with Christ Jesus. The Bible goes on to tell us that, uh, that now we are the sons of God and it does not yet appear what we shall be. Christ was the word of God became flesh and we beheld his glory as the only begotten son of the father. John talks about uh, that we handled the word of God. You know, we, we had a, a physical contact with the word of God that had been manifested for our soul salvation. But now, and we saw what he did, we saw how he acted, how he responded to the word of God, even when things got rough. And he, he prayed until the sweat fell off of him like great drops of blood, that the heaviness of the burden, however, thy will be done and not my own. Are we measuring ourselves by that standard? Now are we the sons of God? And so since we are, uh, he said, let not, he told him, let not your heart be troubled. In my father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you and where I go, you know where I am. You know what the word of God is saying. You already know how to, uh, but are we applying the word of, and will we apply the word of God so that we meet the measurement of Christ Jesus? We have to know how to measure up. How long is it? How wide is it? How tall is it? It sounds pretty good to preach a message that he's so tall, you, you can't get over him. And so wide, you can't go around him. And, and so uh, you can't go under. But listen, David answered that and said, if I go, if I go to the, in, into the depths of hell, you there. 
If I, if I sin, you're there. No matter where I go, you are there. So wherever we are, he is there. Do we measure up? We, we need to know if we fit the pattern or the template necessary. Do we fit God's plan? Are we fit for the kingdom of God? Only if our plan lines up with his plan. 2 Timothy 2, 19 says, Nonetheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal, this seal, having this uh, confirmation, having this verification, knowing this, the Lord knoweth them that are his. God knows who belong to him. Remember, the temple has been measured. John has been told, don't measure the outer court, but measure, you know, and, and, and that measurement, he said, measure those that are worshiping. Are you a worshiper this morning? Are you worshiping him in the beauty of holiness? The Lord knoweth them that are his and let every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Everyone. Everyone that says I am a child of God, depart from iniquity. You can't say that, that you're a child of God and you are embellished. You can't say you're a child of God and you all wrapped up in me, myself, and I and what I'm going to do. You know, when I get out of here, what, what I'm going to do later, oh my gosh, you know, and he and she and they and we, it, no, depart from iniquity. If any man therefore purge himself, if any man therefore purge himself from these, what? From iniquity, from sin, he shall be a vessel of honor. I plan to be a vessel of honor, so therefore I have to purge myself. I have to sanctify. I have to make sure that I crucify this flesh daily. It is a necessity to do that. He shall be a vessel of honor, sanctified and meet, measured up, meet for the master's use, measured up, fitting the plan of God. He is precisely what God is looking for. When you're building, build those that build homes, those that are into any type of measurement, you know that if the if it doesn't fit, if it's not cut properly, if it's not tricked, then you cannot use it for those plans. But when we forsake iniquity, when we purge ourselves, then we are fit for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. Now, God's plan is legit. Your plan has to be legit, too for it to fit into his plan. Amos 7 and 7 speaks about the use of a plumb line. And some of you may be familiar with that. Some of you may have seen it. Uh, you, you passed by a plumb line and, and didn't know it was a plumb line. And just wondered what they was doing with that string hanging down uh, between that tripod with that little weight at the end of it. That's a plumb line. This is a tool that is used to measure vertically to see whether something is standing up straight. So there's a plumb line that will be that is used 
Are you standing up straight? The sieve is upright. A plumb line is a weight suspended on a string as described as, and, and you know, and so once it stops swaying like a pendulum, it, it presents a perfect vertical. When the workman puts it next to something like a wall or a post, and then it can see if that wall or that post is standing upright. How is my plan standing up? Hmm. On this ninth day of January, nine days into this year, or maybe it could be your 10th day, depending on where you are and, you know, on this planet Earth. But let's just say, are, are your plans standing vertically straight? Are they are they legit? Are they standing vertical uh, with the word of God? You know, so many, so many plans are nothing but horizontal. That's all they are. They're horizontal. It's going, I want, I want, and I'm reaching for this, but, it, but everything that's being reached for is horizontal instead of vertical. What about the vertical since that is going to be a major impact of, you know, the vertical will impact the horizontal. The Apostle John is sharing a glimpse of a panoramic view into God's plan. Can you see yourself in his plan? Can God see himself in your plan? We're not to program God out of the plan. Excuses will exclude him. Self-gratification instead of sanctification will exclude him. Sin will cause you and him to be on different paths. But the court which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles, and the holy city shall be tread underfoot forty and two months. John, the outer court was used for, uh, sees the outer court not being used, which uh, has a purpose of sacrifice. First Kings 8 and 64 says, on the same day, the king consecrated the middle of the court that was before the house of the Lord, because uh, there he offered the burnt offerings and the grain offering and the fat of the peace offering for the bronze altar that was before the Lord was too small to hold the burnt offering and the grain offering and the fat and peace. So the offerings were not brought into the main sanctuary, but they were because they were for sin. It was for a uh, reconciliation. It was done outside of the temple in the outer court. If that does not exist, how will you offer a sacrifice during that time? You will not be able to because the dispensation has closed. Ezekiel 10, 4. Then the glory of the Lord went up from the chair and stood over the threshold of the house and the house was filled with the cloud and the court was filled with the brightness of his glory. In this instance, the outer court, a place where sacrifices were presented, will be removed. Those who plans fit into God's plan will not need the outer court any longer. You won't need the outer court. When that moment, at that moment that John is seeing, those that would have used the outer court do not need to use it any longer. And so therefore it is removed. You're not gonna run into the outer court we're going to be in glory. 
Our plans have measured up. We fell in line with what God wanted. Maybe it took a day. Maybe it took several years. But you finally, you lined up with the word of God. Now, don't you, you yourself say, well, I'm going to take some time. And, you know, God is not through with me. When he's through with me, I'm going to come forth as pure gold. Stop lying. When God says repent, he means repent. When God says stop and change, he means change. That's men that make up and have all these cliches that say, says, God, I have time to get right with God. You don't. Mm -mm. Uh -uh. No. God does not give us an option. Uh, those are men. And men have pretty much messed up a lot of things. So what is God saying? When God says line up with my plan, then that's what he expect us to do. In this instance, the outer court is gone, is removed. Those who plan that fit God's plan, what is your plan? You need to think about it. And won't need it any longer. Now, Matthews, Seven, and I, I'm, I'm coming to a close here on this on this exhortation, this, this teaching. At least I'm getting close there. It says, enter ye him at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be that uh, that go thereat, because the straight, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. So I'm giving you an avenue right now. So you don't have to say that you couldn't find it. The word of God is, and I'm laying, making a plain path for you, lining with the word of God. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. For the time of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And I, I will give power unto my witnesses. They're going to be witnesses. But see, that's not part of God's plan for you to be here to listen to those witnesses because I'm witnessing to you right now. I'm presenting God's plan to you right now. Those witnesses are, and, and I, I didn't go into identifying who the witnesses might be. There are several, uh, because I, I want you to think about your plans and how they fit into God's plan. For those that did not a plan, a, a plan uh, something that we created, the purpose of achieving something, made, made a decision uh, about what they are going to do. Uh, they had a, a goal and an uh, end result. Seeking to obtain something, therefore, they, they created a plan of action and, and uh, to make it happen. And those plans did not fit into God's plan, have no intention of taking their plan and overlaying it on top of God's plan. Uh, if they're alive, they'll be here to see and hear and listen to the witnesses. But the outer court is gone. So there's no sacrifice for you to make. And you have stenciled in your words for but those words that you stenciled in don't line up with God's words. Now, I want you to read the rest of Revelation that chapter. Read the rest of the 11th chapter. I stopped at the fourth, about the fourth verse. But you ought to pick it up and read the rest of it. Now, remember, uh, the trumps have sound. And this is the sixth. We haven't even gotten to the seventh trumpet that, that sounded. This is the only the sixth one. And we see the salvation of the Jews. We see the uh, a more uh, in-depth more of the, what is going to occur. So you may need to, uh, to rewind and go back into the word of God 
and look at what is happening during this time where the sixth trumpet has sounded. There's been the, the, the loose of the locusts from the bottomless pit that will still be there doing the will of God. Mighty God, are your plans lining up with his plans? Take your plans and overlay them with God's plan. Take your plans and compare them and see what God has to say. This is Pastor Carl Henderson of Cornerstone Apostolic Church, 524 East Pasadena Street. Stop in and give us a wave. We'd love to see you. And with that being said, Father, in the name of Jesus, we, we honor you, Lord God, for your grace, your mercy. We honor you for your word this morning. Lord God, and we pray and ask that you would help us, Lord God, to govern ourselves according to your will. Lord Jesus, help us. Lord Jesus, that our plans, to ensure that our plans line up with your plans. Lord God, we'll be careful to give your name to praise. Those that are seeking a church home, Lord God, lead them, guide them into a place of restoration, Lord God, where your word and your power is demonstrated. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Live saved, live holy. Bless you, Jesus. We're going to go into our Sunday school lesson. Lesson six, page 33. Hagar and Ishmael not forgotten. All right, be blessed.